All right, so today, welcome back to The Marketeers. In this episode, we will be discussing the holiday seasons and how businesses are combating new code enforcements for their businesses because of COVID and the previous events that were held, such as Black Friday and the holiday movie premieres, and how they will be affected and how businesses are changing their game. Andrew's gonna start us off with the holiday shopping season. Hello, everyone. This year, Black Friday will look much different. Walmart has released that it will be limiting the store's 20% capacity. Terminate a, quote, reinvented, end quote, Black Friday experience. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. Customers will be required to form a single file line before the doors open at 5 a.m. on Friday. Does anybody else think this will work out well? Well, so I think that that was always the way that it was supposed to go, was a single file line. Um, Black Friday has always just been insane <laughs> imagine how long the line's gonna be though if they really have a line during COVID and the social distancing the line's gonna be huge it'll work out uh, right not not due to COVID don't know how many people are gonna want to form a line at 5 a.m yeah yeah sure. oh and then them following you know like contact like I don't think that that's gonna happen at uh-uh. all I think that's just shooting yeah. in the wind and that fear i think is really going to cloud everybody's judgment they're like i don't want to be sick i don't want to be bothered with the aggressiveness anyway like yes right yeah black friday's always been very aggressive <laughs> yes mm-hmm. it and, has. and that and then they'll have to follow the arrows as they shop the store i mean this really hasn't been very easy for people to do so far yeah, especially if they're shop and people are going like the wrong way down one way. It's almost like yeah. driving, you know. Especially if they're racing to get deals, like no one's gonna. Oh yeah, no one's yeah. gonna. How am I gonna those. beat a Karen to go get my limited? For real, <laughs> no one's gonna walk three aisles just to get to the one that they want. Like <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Right. So is Walmart planning on like having roped off areas and bound, you know, barriers or? Are we supposed to follow arrows? That's something that we'll have to find out, I guess, on Black Friday. Um, Lowe's, Walmart, Bed Bath & Beyond, and the Home Depot have all announced they're going to be starting sales early and have the best deals online. This order, they want to reduce the crowds and eliminate the need to rush into a store. Uh, Personally, I am a Christmas Eve shopper, so will this change anybody's behavior? I've always tended to do a lot of my shopping online, honestly. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, even in the stores, I tend to do it pretty early. I've I've never really been a Black Friday person. Um, oh yeah, I've worked Black either. Friday before at stores, and it's just it's not an enjoyable time. For I've never even time. been to Black Friday. I can't hear oh, I still have nightmares of when I was a child. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I went last year, and it was like very crowded. Oh yeah, Everyone I was trying to get in front of others. Oh, I couldn't even imagine because I feel ba- like if I bumped into somebody, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," and they'd probably just elbow me out of the way, like, right? right. Grab your merchandise <laughs> out of your cart and run. Yep, <laughs> they don't the even only, care. The only two Black Fridays I've been, I've worked, and it was crazy. It was like wall to wall people, and you're just constantly on the move and. Um, yeah. like you said, everybody's trying to get the best deals and it's, yes, they are. so I, I just don't know that, um, all of this might change some people's behaviors, but there's always going to be that last night shopper trying to rush into the store, 
because they close at seven on Christmas Eve or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. they're not leaving until they have a gift for their child or their wife. Or yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> so yeah. the CDC has announced that it added to the list of higher risk activities to avoid, quote, shopping at crowded stores just before, on, or after Thanksgiving, end quote. Stores in response are extending the online sales and making available free delivery on many of their items, or they offer curbside pickup. Oh, yeah. This, this yeah. year, Cyber Monday is on November 30th instead of in December like it was last year. Uh, they're still going to have deals in stores. I, do, do we really think that Cyber Monday is going to matter in this case? If they're already no. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Everything's Cyber Monday now. I, I kind of agree with that. I think I think the only one I saw, um, Best Buy had some stuff that was going to actually be on sale Cyber Monday. Mm -hmm. Most stores are having week-long sales or even several week-long or month-long sales. One yeah. thing I noticed is like um, I shop on Shein, like online shopping. So yeah. I see them already like promoting like the sales and stuff mm -hmm. for Halloween. Oh yeah, um, I know I am definitely like an Etsy shopper because I just, I love supporting like actual, you know, people instead of these big retail companies. And yeah. I know a lot of uh, these individual businesses are pushing like, because of COVID, um, I'm going to start my sales a week earlier and I'll ship them to you faster. And it's great yeah. for the holidays. And I think right. that's really, that's probably going to be, at least that's where I'm doing all my Christmas shopping. I'm not even going to bother trying to go anywhere in store. Yeah, me neither. I'm trying to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah. Well, you know, I agree with all that. And this year, holiday shopping is going to be longer with the sales already starting. Retailers are giving the biggest incentives for online shoppers. Mm. I think... Oh. Uh, Courtney has some some things to add about. Well, yeah, definitely. Product. Just as stated, you know, this is, you guys were just talking about a lot of businesses are promoting products and sales earlier this year. Um, one of those products, as I'm sure that everybody here has heard, is the new iPhone, the iPhone 12. Um, I believe the release date, like for pre-orders, was on October 16th, actually, which is quite early. Um, the actual launch actually comes today, Friday, October 23rd, and has already seen a huge number of sales from customers. Um, especially, you know, in Australia and the European, like they hit Friday first. So a lot of them, we can already see reviews of the product from them just in the mm -hmm. early mornings of today. Um, the price ranges from, I believe it's $6.99 to $8.29, but I've even heard upwards of $1,500. I don't know if anybody's oh. heard that. $1,500? Wow. I read that somewhere and I That's couldn't believe it. I was like, who could spend that much money on a phone. That's and worth I'm more sure than my car. For real. Like, I, I mean, I assume that it comes with a lot of upgrades and it's probably like the pro models, but, but definitely there's, it's a very oh expensive, That's very crazy. expensive phone, I mean, even with all the bells and whistles that go along with it. It's a very expensive phone. I mean, Apple oh, products yeah. in general have always been very expensive, but. Oh, that right. hurts my heart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, just as stated, is there two versions of that phone, Courtney? Yeah, there's the um, the mini, and which is you know something that a lot of people would prefer because it's a one-handed phone versus yes. the regular model, which 
is quite larger. Um, Definitely two-handed. Yeah, but mm -hmm. it's not even that different from the iPhone 11 versus like yeah. style and size, but um, yeah. Yeah, but Apple is pushing um, the launch in sales to make up for the lack of sales they will be encountering from the absence of Black Friday events. You know, Apple always had their particular sales in their stores, and that's not going to be mm -hmm. happening this year. So they're kind of jumping the gun and trying to make up for it, which they have already done. Um, you know, like, I think the launch is very pro-marketing, but not very pro-consumer due to the actual lack of upgrades. Um, yeah. Like I said, the phone mm -hmm. is very similar to uh, previous models. There's there are upgrades to it, but they're not very, like, usable to the everyday person. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I've never, I've never owned an iPhone before or any Apple products, actually. I don't know if you guys are big Apple fans. Oh, yeah. Um, I like my, my iPhone. We're definitely oh, me Apple too. Yeah. The see, iPhone I have now is probably the best iPhone I've had. I mean, it's cracked on both sides, which really stinks, but it's lasted me the longest. It's been the best on space. Like, I could see how it could be complicated for some people to understand, you know, all like the gadgets and widgets and everything, but it's a pretty good phone, you know, but I see how people, some people wouldn't like it, you know? Yeah, I've always just used Samsung just because it's cheaper, but both yeah. my mom and my little sister have iPhones and they break their yeah. phones more than, I don't think I've ever broken a phone in my entire life. <laughs> this is the first phone I've broken. Yeah. This phone. I, and I it go, was the best one I've had. I go with a military grade phone. I'm waiting for Apple to come out with something that's more durable. That would be, I've been waiting for the I can't iPhone 12. A, a gorilla case or whatever they're called. The, oh yeah, like a, an OtterBox. Right. Something like that. Those are really good. Those are yeah. very like durable cases, but yeah, I've got one on my mm -hmm. Samsung and you know, I'm sure it works great. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, as far as like the differences go between, you know, previous phones and this, like the side profile of the phone is slimmer. Mm -hmm. um, they also have the 5G support, which is new. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm not sure that that's something that the average phone user would actually use. You know, I yeah. mean, you don't need that much speed for downloading, you know, like for Netflix or yeah. YouTube videos or anything like that. You just don't need that much. No, um, it's more of a, I have it so my phone is better type of mentality, but yeah. really is it worth the money for it? No, um, it's not. I was blessed. I got mine as a present for my birthday when I was 18. I'm turning 20 now, so, you know, I guess it's done me good, but no, the durability, got, yeah. <laughs> it's low, low durability on these iPhones. If I got one as a they present. They are not as fast as people say they are. Yeah, no, if I got yeah. one as a present, I would definitely give it a try, but oh, that's yeah. not something I'm going to go out and spend that much money on just to see if I like it. No, nah, you know, forget that, um, forget that. Which I do I like the, I do like the fact that iPhone, it's really compatible with the iPad and the iPod. Right. You can have, you know, you can kind of sync all of your Apple products to work in unison together. Yeah, yeah. the laptop. Uh, what's the laptop called? It's the Air? Apple Air? Apple Air. MacBook Air. Yeah, yeah. Air. Even that, it's very compatible with that. So, 100%. You know, I, I suppose if you're, like, using all of those types of things, I mean, obviously, you're doing a little bit more with the, so yeah. maybe the 5G would be better, but, um, yeah, yeah, but... The camera and the charging capabilities are their biggest advertising niches. Like right now, that's what they're kind of, a lot of the reviews are coming up on. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, on some of the versions, they only have uh, the two dual lenses, but um, the upgraded ones, they have the three, the three lenses, um, yeah. which make picture, I mean, like the pictures on an iPhone can't compare to anything. I mean, Steve yeah. Jobs had it right when, oh, good. you know, yeah. like just the initial iPhone, it far surpasses any other product with their photography capabilities. Yeah, the cameras are um, pretty great. Yeah, I can tell you, I have the, um, like, I got the iPhone 11 Pro Max, which, you know, was pretty expensive, and I probably would not ever do that ever again, but, yeah, yeah, I, I got it for the sole purpose of the camera. Yes, me too. That's always been a, the only draw, I think, for me. Yeah, the only thing that's, yeah. Yeah, my camera definitely stinks on my phone right now, but. But yeah, they're, they're claiming, Apple's claiming that their charging um, cord will, they can charge up to 50% within just 30 minutes. So that's something. Really? But, but another thing is, is that if you're using the 5G capabilities, it drains the battery so much faster than anything else. So yes. maybe that was to make up for that. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. I don't, know, I don't know how normal Apple products charge or anything like that, but I mean... 50% in a half hour. That's very cool if you're, you know, forget to plug your phone in at night and you're on the run. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's appealing. <laughs> I feel like it almost depends on like the port, you know, like when I charge mine in my car, I honestly feel like it charges faster than when I charge it in my room. Yeah. I think they're trying to push those, um, those magnetic charging pads. Mm-hmm. My sister has one. Yeah. I think that they're trying they're to push so those cool. for these. Um, so yeah, because they're expensive. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they're also, like, another thing that Apple's done away with this year um, is they're no longer including a power adapter or the AirPods, as seen in previous models, to what? eliminate, yeah, to eliminate their environmental impact. Although, you know, who knows what the, what the real reasons were behind that. But, yeah, they're, not, exactly. they're no longer including that. Um, It'd be nice if they really are doing it for that reason, but these days, I, I don't really know. I mean, I can always mm-hmm. use an extra power adapter, like, you know, the little Me boxes. Too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me but, too. And another um, big push that they're coming out on is, and like I was saying, the, really the only difference with this phone that's coming out and previous versions is the iPhone 12 uses an OLED um, light lighting system, which is an organic light emitting diode. Um, no which way. means that it doesn't use the LED lights to emit the pixels on the screen. Um, oh. It allows for a cleaner viewing option. So, like, if you're looking at your phone, say you're, like, setting it down, and you're looking yes. at it from an angle, the color is not going to be washed out. It's a much cleaner picture, which is, ah. which is cool. You know, I'm not yeah. sure. And I'm not sure if it's worth $1,000, but <laughs> it's definitely yeah. cool. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the customers, like I said, that uh, – the launch has already happened, and a lot of the customers are reporting that the phone itself is lighter in weight. None of them mention the 5G capabilities, <laughs> because like yeah. I said, it's not something that a lot of people are going to actually use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Apple itself just has such a huge fan base, and that's what they're basing this off, off of, is like, yeah, the they're not base. necessarily trying to get new customers. Like I said, I'm not going to go out and spend $1,000 to try this phone. But maybe Mm-mm. somebody who has previously done this would, you know, not find yeah, that. I have. <laughs> appealing. Yeah. So. Well, one thing Apple does do is that they understand that you're not going to go. They're looking at the uh, early adopters. 
and they're still going to sell the iPhone 11. They're going to reduce yeah. the price. Right. And yeah. Even carriers, a lot of the carriers, right. um, like Verizon and T-Mobile, they'll even drop their prices for using their services with an older phone. Yeah. So. I'd honestly go with the older phone, like the older iPhone over like a brand new 12. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. No, and honestly, a lot of the websites are saying that it's, you know, it's probably smarter to keep with the iPhone 11 for now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a 10, and I, yeah. I like my 10. Not even going to lie. Yeah, I mean, it's Apple's going to... But I like it. Yeah, Apple's going to have a huge, like a very lucrative launch just based on their fan base, which, you know, as people said, they're, they're fanatics. You know, it's almost like a cult following behind them yeah. that with all of their products. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely using the older models of iPhones come with benefits. Um, and I, like I said, I don't want to say it's a subpar product in terms of upgrades, um, but it's definitely something interesting. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I think um, Kylie has some stuff about the holiday season um, and just people that, like I said, I mean, they don't have to worry about their fan bases, <laughs> you know, or like they will have to worry about their fan bases more than Apple will, but. Yes. Yeah. All right. So as we all know, it is almost the holiday season, as we've been saying. And according to a lot of research to, oh my God, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, it's meowing. Oh, let me just move her quick. Hold on. No. <laughs> I was worried about my cat paying us a visit. <laughs> we, we always <laughs> like guest visitors. <laughs> yes. Okay. So hopefully Azalea will now just go to sleep because she just lay down. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, um, people uh, looking into a lot of research, um, people are not just buying a product because it's nice anymore. I'm sure you guys have all seen, I know Courtney mentioned it with the Apple products. But environmental activists are really taking over the industry. They're buying products for their moral and ethical values. More than it's more than just, oh, that's a nice product. Now it's, okay, yes, it's a nice product, but is it carbon-free? Is the company that produces it reducing your plastic usage? It's a whole factor of things that are going into it now. Which, yeah. if I could just interject with that, that is so smart for people to do because I think with this know, whole right? going green initiative, a lot of people have been pushing for just individual citizens to do their part. But yeah. why aren't businesses doing theirs? You know, it making it easier exactly. for us to do this. Like, why should we have to choose between our favorite products yeah. and ones, you know? Yep, that's yeah. actually, um, I was, I know I was mentioning earlier um, before we started recording, but I would consider myself a very environmentalist friendly kind of person. Just, yeah. I, I've been just forever. Um, and I know years ago, uh, we, like, we never really saw this. It was just about pushing product and people really weren't into, or at least they probably didn't even know that this certain product that they were buying, buying was, um, hurting our environment as badly as it is. Yeah. So, so, I, so I'd like to quickly inject on that. Like a lot of these businesses are now finding out how, how difficult it is to actually um, have environmentally friendly stuff. Patagonia has been working on it for years. They want to market that they're environmentally friendly. And then you know, I, I personally will allow for them to really, if like, for instance, Kylie, if you were to tell Patagonia that their, their supplier of 
um, fabric is not environmentally friendly, I would allow for them to correct that, which they have had to do. Yes. I will just state, though, that I like to point out the fact that in the early 90s, McDonald's mm-hmm. stopped buying beef from Brazil because Brazil was uh, basically burning, clear burning the Amazon. Yep, and and so, you know, some companies are ahead in that. Also, yeah. if you ever noticed the brown paper bag from McDonald's and Burger yes. King and Wendy's? Those used to be bleached. Those used to be bleached white. So they stopped using all that bleach to make their bags white. Wow. That's actually very, I know, I was just going to say, I didn't know that either. Yeah. About like the Brazil. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a really good point. Yeah. So like, well, it's really, it's a really, really good thing that people were so ahead of the game, especially because it's a big deal now. But Mm -hmm. it's also equally as nice to see companies shifting over like like Andrew said I am totally down for a company correcting or um, improving their overall product but they yes. you know actively trying to improve it during like knowing everything we know now mm-hmm. right so um, due to the whole coronavirus pandemic like I mentioned last podcast with um, I, I touched upon this a little bit with the hand sanitizer and how we're leaning away from plastic bottles, more towards mm-hmm. glass bottles. Um, and again, that's just because this all has to do with people's, because we, we obviously know the consumers control products. We control yes. what gets bought, how much, how much it gets restocked, all of that stuff. So yeah. we're taking into consideration a ton of things just more than the actual product itself. This is emotional and personal value, environmental effects, racial mm-hmm. background, among so many other things. Economists predict that these factors will have a really big impact on how companies market their products in the future because if people don't support um, the ethical manufacturing of a product, they're not going to buy it anymore. Yeah. That's yeah, a good so- point. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go into just the environmental part of it for now. Um, I know there's a ton of other factors I could go into, but this is just what I found the most information on. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, environmental activists are taking over the industry right now. They're really um, making the world aware of the repercussions of plastic packaging and manufacturing and what it's doing to our planet. Have you guys seen any other products or companies that have taken these extra steps to be more environmentally friendly? Um, a little bit here and there. I feel like some could definitely be trying better, you know, yeah. but like with, with all this, like they're changing things from like plastic to paper, like, like you mentioned, obviously changing the whole way they package their products. But a lot of, a lot of companies are like slacking on that. You know, I feel like they're not doing as much work as they could be doing for this environment. Like paper bags is one thing but I feel like we could be doing so much more. Like there's companies with like the paper straws, they're, you know, they're turning them from plastic to paper. Then they have like metal straws. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like Jeffree Star, he's a makeup artist. His whole brand, he's, he's selling metal straws with his logo on it, you know? And like, they're, they're selling like crazy. Like yeah, that's one thing I can really- Yeah, I am yeah. definitely somebody who purchases that stuff all the yes. time. 
Gretman Rock too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But even and Apple, so as I was uh, stating, you know, like they're moving towards mm-hmm. being more environmentally friendly by, yeah. you know. One thing that I noticed when I went to Dick's and stores is that Adidas, they have these recycled plastic bottle shoes. Oh, I realized. Oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's been a huge thing. Um, you know, companies using that. I think even Walmart, their vests that they give their employees are made from recycled oh. materials. Mm-hmm. And no way. Such a cool thing. That My brother have one of those, yeah. Amazon, I don't know. I like on TV, I know they have a few commercials, but they're like, we're aiming to be carbon free by 2025. Mm. So, the arguably the biggest uh, service platform on the internet is now saying, all right, we're going to be completely carbon free in 2025. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. A massive push. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Amazon lead, leading in advertising on that is pretty cool. And I that think is. that, you know, one of the, I don't believe that while we are still relying on fossil fuels, we'll ever get rid of like plastic. Plastic actually has some benefits, but I think that another thing is companies have to be responsible. Yeah. We can't just fill our landfills full of plastic. Oh my gosh. We have to, we have to recycle oh. it. So I like, I love to buy recycled uh pens that are made of plastic bottles but, yeah i actually yeah, heard yeah. Cool. yeah i heard tell of this um the scientist i think down near mexico uh she was working on this plastic bottle made out of seaweed that it was literally imitated plastic to a tea but it um was a compost or a compostable bottle so it would just completely disintegrate once it got to the landfills yeah and i know there's some that exist these um so everything comes in like you know cardboard packages right when you get them in the mail i forget which company it is but their uh their boxes are made of compostable mushrooms so you can rip it up throw it in your backyard somewhere and just mushrooms will grow from where that box was that's so cool Mm-hmm. Does anybody know those packaging beans that you like? They're they feel like foam. The peanuts. The peanuts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if my memory serves me, like in the '80s, those peanuts were actually styrofoam, and now most of them you just run water over and they basically dissolve. Yeah, because yeah. they cornstarch or something. Yeah, you can eat them. <laughs> yeah. No I mean, way. Like you don't. I mean, I'm not recommending you go and pick up a. Pack- <laughs> packaging peanuts and eat them disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> do not try this at home <laughs> no, i do not want to be responsible for that statement um but so these everything this also goes into the holiday season because we're seeing um like wrapping paper bows for gifts like people are actually caring about what they're giving to people and the effects that it will have that's um, beautiful yeah, I and honestly, it's it's so nice. And yes, um, I know an argument is that so many people be like, it's way more expensive than normal, and I don't want to spend that extra money. But that's kind of getting pushed aside. Like, I totally understand if you can't, yeah. if you don't have the money to pay for that, you know, five extra dollars because of the environmentally uh, friendly impact. That's completely fine. But more people now were just like, yeah, I don't care. I'll just pay the $5 and make sure that I'm not hurting the environment. Right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. so, Definitely jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> it's, it's spreading. Um, like I said, we have pro companies promising to be carbon free and that's, it's such a massive impact. Yeah. Wow. So aside from these like massive push in at least the environmentally active uh, activism field, there's pushes across all industries, right? We're seeing more products come out, trying to get out with this whole COVID stuff. And I know one of the industries would have to be the filming industries. They're also trying to push the product out. I think Arda has a ton of information on filming industries. Yes, yes I do. So with all the COVID and everything going on, COVID had upended the content pipeline by closing the movie theaters and halting film productions. Normally should resume. Production has restarted in some countries and the industry has adopted remote work protocols where possible, but the virus creates uncertainty. So you never know what will happen next. Mm -hmm. Now the movie industry is focusing on promoting their movies on, on online basis like encouraging consumers to get Disney Plus, Netflix, or Hulu since all the movie theaters are closed. Yeah. So on that topic, one particular movie that happened to face these pandemic pandemic difficulties is Mulan. Which I am did, boycotting. <laughs> <laughs> did, was anyone movie. looking forward to watching this movie before I... all the... I was so excited for this movie to come out. I love Me Disney movies. I love Mulan especially. And Dang. I was so excited for the live action aspect of it. But I'm very upset Me with too. this movie, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've not I seen it yet, but like just, just the reviews. Yes, with the controversy, it was it like made me not watch it anymore. Yeah. But before that, me and my friends, we were looking forward to the release of Mulan. And we were so excited to go and watch it in the theaters in March. But however, like the release date change and with all the movie theaters closed and stuff, we were like all so disappointed. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'd be disappointed too. Right. So Mulan was- I, I like the fact that Disney is taking a lot of their animation and they're actually making, they're re- reinvigorating things with live action movies like Mulan. Yeah. Um, right. You know, it's a movie and I, They're kind of like, I'm not, any like fiction, fantasy, and reality, you know? Mm -hmm. I just like that they were remaking them, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even The Lion King, though, I was, I was very disappointed in The Lion King. Yeah, I haven't even seen it. You guys, um, I'm actually, <laughs> I guess I disagree with all of you guys, and I, like, I'm so sorry. I just, I uh, <laughs> have been getting so bored with the remakes. I would prefer them to come out with original content just because. I do like the original. I do. I love the original. If the remakes were a bit better, then maybe I would be more into it, but. I think a lot of I'm a Disney fanatic, and I'll just, like. Go like I will tell you when Aladdin came out. That is my favorite Disney movie. I was so excited to go see it, and I saw it, and I was like, "Well, what the crap was that? That wasn't even." I've not seen that one yet, but the same thing. I I think that a lot of the live actions they're just I want to say like rushing over everything. No, they're because we a lot expected of the, too much. Yeah, so it's a a little bit of a disappointment. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe that too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think there's some hit and miss in there. 
Uh, I agree. Aladdin live action was not as good as the, the animation. I don't like the fact that Disney, their experiment, uh, a service we already pay for, and now you're going to pay a, it wasn't just a little bit. It wasn't like a rental fee. It was, I believe, $30 to watch Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. That's really? a lot. It's just you know, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even like, if it was the price of a theater ticket, that's cheaper. And Disney in itself completely dominates the entertainment industry. So why do they need that like, that extra money? Like they're yeah. I, honestly, I felt like it was. I don't want to say like a greed poll, but maybe a little bit. They did not a, have to charge yeah, that. They're definitely taking that, advantage of the fact that parents are home all the time and they have kids now home that want to be watching Disney. Yeah. These kids are probably old enough to be like, "Oh my God, Mulan, new movie!" And I, I don't know. I really, I feel like if you have Disney Plus, that movie should have probably been, been free and with the subscription, that. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Because it's kind of expensive. A little bit. Uh, I'd like to tie this into what Kylie was talking about previously, though. Is Disney on the flip side, and they're the king of entertainment. They're coming up with new technology. Um, in the filming of Mandalorian, you would think that they're going all over the place, but that's yeah. in a studio. They don't leave the studio. So, uh, like, Mandalorian season three and four are, they're in a old, I believe, it might be a mall that's closed, no and they filmed the whole thing there, and they're trying to do that for, they're trying to build that technology so that they don't have to file over and go all over the place. Yeah. And COVID kind of rushed that forward, but you know Disney's uh, leading the way in that type of thing, so yeah. that's kind of cool too. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, with that, Mulan was supposed to come out on March twenty seventh of twenty twenty, which I was and me and my friends were all excited for, mm -hmm. but it due to coronavirus and social distancing and the like all the panic and stuff the theaters and the cinemas had to shut down and Disney decided to halt the release date and decided to release it on September 4 of 2020 on Disney plus so Disney lost a lot of money nearly five billion due to the pandemic so they tried different streaming approaches Disney Mulan, like it should have came out way earlier, but it didn't. So um, recently, like they came out with new before it coming out on September 4 of 2020, they um, had new trailers and new ads. And, and, and I realized in all of them, it had like Disney Plus along with it because that was mm -hmm. like their main focus to promote it in Disney Plus. Yeah. And even them so losing, a, oh, sorry, even them yeah. losing the five billion. I mean, Disney itself right. is worth like upwards of like 130 million or billion dollars. So like oh, in, yeah, in yeah, the grand yeah. scheme of things, that's really not that huge of a hit to the company, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say, you know, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, to a normal person, like that's, that is huge, but. Right. I mean, for us, I mean, for me, it's huge. <laughs> so, um, going, forward, talk, though, going forward, though, Disney will have to figure out how to continue 
to stay in business. Right. Uh, they can't bleed that right. continuously during this pandemic. Yeah. Yes, we need new content like right now. Yes, we uh-huh. need new content. <laughs> October 30th, oh, I- Mandalorian season two. I know. Yeah. I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, other movies face the same consequences and difficulties. They have to come up with different approaches to promoting their movies. Okay, so obviously, you know, um, movies are something that families always do together, especially during the holiday season, but that's definitely not the only way that families are going to be affected. So travel is a huge thing during the holidays. Everyone loves to go see their families, spend time with them. You know, some people have families like states away that they go and see during the holidays. But COVID is definitely going to have a huge impact on that. And since March 2020, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about like European countries with this as well. I'm talking whole worldwide, how everyone is affected everywhere. Because, you know, it's not just America being affected. It's all these countries. And since March 2020, Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and the U.S. have all had border restrictions, as we all know, you know, in attempt to contain the virus. But unfortunately, some companies like they feel like this is ineffective like they feel like this won't work you know so they don't some are always like following these restrictions you know but the european union uh they're looking to allow travel within the i'm sorry if i mess up this word uh schengen area in an effort to reduce the coronavirus impact on the european economy and regional social life so obviously there's a huge economic effect from lack of travel and everything and uh the mobility market outlook on COVID 19 believes that the global revenue for the industry will be around 447.4 billion in u.s dollars for 2020 and that may seem absolutely huge but it's 34.7 percent less than in 2019 which is like a major drop but it's important to note that the tourism contributes to up to uh, 10% of the European economy and in other parts of the world, tourism growth is predicted to drop by uh, 7% due to the coronavirus, which that's actually quite a bit, you know, when it comes actually, to Hawaii. Yeah, I recently heard that Hawaii actually reopened. Really? Did anybody else hear that? I didn't even I, hear about that. I know. Um, I forget where I heard it, but, uh, but yeah, and a lot of people... Like the Hawaiians, like the native Hawaiians, they're not into this because they're having yeah. forests swarm their borders and yeah. they're not adhering to any of the precautions. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so definitely like doing that too early, opening it up can kind of negatively impact it. But it's, I mean, they obviously saw a huge drop in tourism or else they wouldn't feel it necessary to reopen. You know, exactly. they're obviously losing money. So it's a yeah. difficult, it's definitely a difficult situation because. It if you close everything there there's other complications which are coming to light now so yeah hawaii reopening i mean we can all be respectful and wear masks and social distance and stuff which i feel is vital but yeah um i'm also all into getting out in the sunlight <laughs> Me <So>, too. No. <laughs> i mean that vitamin d is supposedly really good for us it really is it makes yeah. you happy makes you feel great so traveling as as you were saying you know like i haven't i haven't traveled hardly anywhere because 
if I leave the state, I come back, I have to quarantine. And yeah, I just, you have to I'm quarantine for like two weeks. Right. My sister, she went all the way out to Louisiana and she went to Florida in the middle of like late June and into July, which was very stupid. And she had to quarantine for two weeks. And, I, you know, she was sending me videos from Florida and she was in like a restaurant and you could see all these people, you know, and I'm like, well, this is insane. You know, like people really, they're, they're still traveling. They're like disregarding the, the seriousness of COVID, you know, it really can spread. Like it's, it's real. It's, it's here. It's a real thing, you know? And like, I saw her out there traveling and I was scared to death because I was like, my God, what if she catches COVID, you know? You never know if they're asymptomatic or not. But another thing is, like, unfortunately, the virus has caused millions of job losses in the travel and tourism industries, obviously, because people are not really traveling, you know. But there's going to be some co oh, excuse me, post-COVID-19 measures, and obviously those are quarantines. We all know what those are. We all were quarantined, but they're being used by authorities to minimize the spread of COVID-19, you know, in hopes that people won't keep leaving their houses and keep going to stores and spreading this to everyone. But, um, you know, travelers, they, they definitely are missing out. But for example, people traveling to Portugal after July 1st, they must undergo a test 72 hours or less before departure from their home country. And they can also undergo a test within 72 hours upon arrival. And the Nordic countries, on the other hand, have taken measures jointly. So they're requiring travelers with coronavirus symptoms to just self-isolate upon arrival. Like they're not really forcing them to quarantine, which is kind of scary, but you know, it's, it's real. And additionally, they'll need to follow instructions from local authorities and stay away from home areas. So they're not exactly like going out everywhere, but they're allowed to go out even if they have symptoms, you know, like they're, they just have to be by themselves. But um, Baltic countries like Estonia, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, sorry if I messed any of those words up, uh, they require third country nationals to quarantine for 14 days upon their arrival, kind of like we do. Um, and then, you know, obviously travel has been permanently changed. And, you know, we can, what we can really look to in the future is like, there's going to be contactless travel, such as online check-in, baggage, baggage drop-offs, cashless payments, and like biometrics slash like digital identities, which seems a little creepy to me personally. Um, health screenings such as thermal scanners, disinfectant sprays, and on-site COVID testing. And COVID testing is definitely not fun. You know, they have to put a whole Q-tip up your nose. My mom just got a COVID test recently. Thank God it came back negative, but they, they made her uh, quarantine. But um, there will probably always be like social distancing and hygiene concerns, you know, like such as airport entry restrictions, mandatory mask wearing and like continuous disinfection. Like that's going to be going on for a while when it comes to people traveling and everything. But even though some countries already require visitors to have short term health insurance, it will probably be a standard requirement in the post pandemic future, just in case they go out of state and they catch some they, they catch something like the coronavirus or they catch the coronavirus, you know, they, they gotta be set, they gotta be ready and be able to afford that because, you know, 
most people who end up in the hospital, like, unfortunately, like, they're in there for a while, unless they get lucky with this COVID and everything. But um, the summer of 2020, which obviously we had just gotten over, uh, the IATA, is they forecasted the worst financial performance in the history of commercial aviation, predicting a global loss of the U.S. dollars, $84 billion, which is huge. Uh, um, to carry on, yeah, yeah you definitely do not see people flying anymore, and no, you know, but that's a lot of money to to lose, you know. I mean, I, like, hate to get into like politics, but you know, America, and it, we've all heard about the debts and everything with the president and everything, but like a global loss of eighty four billion is just absolutely huge. Like that is just so huge, but especially when that be, money's going to repair repair the planes yeah, that you're like, flying on. <laughs> Exactly. It's insane. So some permanent changes that we'll be seeing to continue on with that is like, there will likely be a number of current initiatives in passenger and facility hygiene and sanitation that will stay in place post pandemic. And like another weird thing, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but on airplanes, they're having people like they're leaving like middle seats open. I've never personally been on an airplane. So like, I can only try and get the idea of it. But I don't really know how many seats they have in a row, but all I know is they're leaving seats empty. And this is also causing like a huge effect with, with money, you know, like airplanes can't carry as many people and they're, they're losing a lot of money because of that. Like not as many people want to fly on planes to begin with, but the ones that do, they're, they're scared. They don't want to sit next to people, you know, so they're losing a lot of money over this. And, um, so it's it's kind of like it's almost a policy to leave an open seat beside a passenger like it, it's become a policy during covid and airline executives have predicted a negative financial impact from this attempt to ease crowding on airliners like i said so they're gonna see a huge drop and there's this thing called travel bubbles so a growing number of countries have allowed the travel industry to promote these quote travel bubbles and quote corona corridor corridors however i'd say that my bad uh as the first steps to jumpstart air travel and tourism so you know they're they're trying to make an attempt to get traveling going like i have something here that says um these measures involve agreements with neighboring regions that allow for travel across borders for non-essential trips without quarantine upon arrival so i'm not really sure what kind of you know it's probably like big jobs like say you're in you're in new york to california you know they probably don't want to have to go through all that quarantining stuff so i kind of think that's a little bit what the travel bubbles and corona corridors the corridors are about you know but uh it says the consensus among public health officials and travel industry executives is that travel will continue to stagnate until a covid 19 vaccine is effectively administered globally but the question is though will the industry actually survive until a vaccine so the travel yeah. industry will most certainly face demands from the traveling public to maintain several of the current safety and hygiene initiatives like as i mentioned the cleanliness and sanitation you know it'll become normal like people are going to be scared you know i feel like people are going to forever be scared i don't know about you guys but you know i think i will like COVID definitely had a huge effect on us and everything, but there's going to be things like touchless interactions will 
proliferate and technology will reduce human interaction. I think that's kind of scary because like, you know, I love talking to people and human interaction is like obviously a huge part of life. And, you know, technology is almost blocking that off during COVID. Like I feel like, you know, every time you go to an airport, you might not even have to talk to someone. And I feel like that could almost be dangerous, you know? What if someone's trying to flee, flee the state, like they just did something extremely illegal or something, or they're on the run, you know? They could find a way to hack all that. You never know, you know? Like you're cutting off human interaction. And I think that's pretty unfortunate. But, you know, the virus will eventually go away. Things will never be the same. And the sanitary precautions will definitely stick around for sure. But it's only because people want to be as cautious as possible these days. It's definitely appropriate. You know, that's an appropriate mindset for nowadays. But yeah, yeah, even on trains, um, I've been on a train recently and they're not having people sit like it's one person per a little seat cubby. Yeah. Which is cool. So you don't have to sit near your neighbor, kind of like what the airplanes are doing. But yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of changes. Oh, yeah. Um, And they'll stick around. Even, <laughs> even the New York subway system, you know, that was traditionally not very cleanly. And yeah. yeah. Clean those every day now. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That's insane. The, you know, I think overall society is going to be healthier based on the fact that we're going to uh, not spread so many germs to each other. Yeah. Not all these changes are bad. You know. The amount of that I know now that actively, and this is going to sound really gross, but people apparently didn't wash their hands all that much. No, they the didn't. Corona. And I now you have people, you know, making YouTube videos on how to properly wash your hands. And I'm yeah. Like, Going back to first grade. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. We're, we're learning how to wash our hands all over again. It's insane. It Like, these sanitary precautions, like, you know, they're, they're going to keep them around, but it's just so we can stay safe. And like, you never know, like with, with the way this spread, you never know if it's going to come back around, which is absolutely petrifying sometimes. But, you know, we, we've already pushed through so far and like the things that people have already changed, you know, it's, it's a good thing. And like, I heard that subways, like New York city subways, I heard that they were the most disgusting things like their floors were I guess one of the grossest things ever so if if COVID leads to you know having clean subways and things like that I think that's awesome that's awesome so yeah yeah but I think this concludes this episode of the marketeers thank you everybody for your information um I hope the travel delays and et cetera will not impede anyone's holiday plans um and I hope everybody stays safe but We will see you back here next time to discuss the console wars, which will be an exciting one. So I hope everybody has a good day.